morning. Uh, God is good? All the time. Yeah, I like this very much. Uh, he mentioned about uh, me having a very capable wife. Uh, wife is very important. Huh? <laughs> She's not here. Uh, she has to take care of our three daughters. Um, uh, and, and, uh, and she sent uh, greetings uh, uh, to all of you. Yeah. Um, how, 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 how are you all this morning? Good, huh? <laughs> Bagos. <laughs> um, today, I uh, just uh, wanted to share with you a little bit uh, about missions, uh, about awakening the giants for missions. And giants here, I was um, referring to, is to all of us. Lah. Huh? If you can uh, give a big smile to your neighbor, left and right, and say, we are giants. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, so I like smiles. Smiles actually changes the atmosphere, amen? Yes? Amen? So, so I just uh, very quickly introduce me, my family. Uh, I'm the one on, the, um, on your right. Um, uh, my wife in the center, and I have three beautiful daughters. Uh, all of them uh, are, are wonderful for me. Um, in fact, uh, last year, this is a photo that we took. Last year, we decided as a family, we wanted to climb Mount Kinabalu. How many have you been to Mount Kinabalu? Wow. Wow, very good. <laughs> Only one or two, yeah? Hey, all of you must try. Uh. We are all Malaysians. <laughs> um, so, so I remember last year when we were up the mountain, I said, Lord, Lord, every single step that I take, um, allow me to take it for you. It, it is a tough one. We have to get our, ourselves ready. Uh, we climb for uh, f- almost five hours to the middle and then another three hours up to the peak. Uh, I remember uh, we slept overnight at, 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 at Laban Rata. Uh, so as we sleep, we have to wake up very early in the morning, 2 a.m., and then we climb up uh, to the peak before the sunrise, and then we have to come down. And on the way up, one of my youngest daughter, uh, which is just beside me, she's 12 years old, uh, she said, Daddy, you know, as you go up the mountains, the air is getting thinner and thinner. Do you know that, right? So oxygen level is actually low. And the temperature was almost zero. I- imagine in Mount Kinabalu, right? So we were climbing up and my daughter was saying, Daddy, uh, it's so hard. I feel like crying. And I say, it's okay, uh, Ashlyn. Ashlyn is her name. Daddy is also feel like crying. <laughs> uh, it's tough. But, but really, as we go up, you know what the Lord saying uh, when we reach up there? And, and it's really that the Lord really loves our country of Malaysia. How many of you are proud to be Malaysians? Wow. All of us. Lah. <laughs> we are all proud to be Malaysians, right? So, I mean, um, uh, I was, uh, uh, I was uh, jokingly say that, uh, you know, uh, you know we, 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 we take taxi uh, sometimes, right? Uh, now we take Grab, is it Grab? Uh, taxi, Grab. You know, in the old days, uh, still is today, we take taxi, taxi has meters. And then there was this uh, Japanese man, um, and, uh, and he was riding a, a taxi, uh, a Proton, uh, on the way to KLIA. And as, uh, as the taxi driver was driving, and uh, there was this man uh, was, was looking, and the Japanese man couldn't speak as much English. So, so one drive, one car passed by, and it was a Suzuki. And then he was shouting at the at the taxi man, I'm not shouting, I'm just speaking to the taxi man and says, hey, Suzuki, made in Japan, very fast, very good in Japan, right? And then, uh, and then as they go along, and then there's another car passed by and there was a Honda. And then the Japanese man say, Honda, made in Japan, very fast, very good. And then the, the man was a bit annoyed. And then, then the, the last car passed by, it was a, a, a Toyota, and then the Japanese man was saying, hey, Toyota, made in Japan, very fast, very good. And then by the time he reached the KLIA, and then he looked at the meter, and then the taxi man says, uh, 300 ringgit, sir. 
And then the Japanese man said, why so expensive? And then he looked at him, smiling. Meter, made in Malaysia, very fast, very good. <laughs> we are all proud to be Malaysians. But anyway, today I just want to share with you a little bit about, uh, about missions. We have read Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 9. Um, uh, and, and really, I want to share with you about uh, my personal experience and how the Lord has brought us as a family uh, to Orang Asli, uh, specifically. How many of you have been to Orang Asli? Kind of, right? Yeah, so, so Orang Asli is, 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 is Orang Asal in this land of Semenanjung, Malaysia. And they are precious in the eyes of the Lord. And it's, it, it, is, it is sad to see that there are the downs and outs of our society here in Malaysia. How could it be? They are the original people of this land, right? Amen? So, 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 so today, I just want to share with you my experience as a volunteer and also my experience as a mobilizer. Uh, as we mobilize us, different people uh, into uh, the Orang Aslis. And, and, and I'm not saying that the missionaries or the pastors are not important. But what I'm saying today, it is all of us here this morning, all of us here this morning are volunteers. Uh, we want to be volunteers for the Lord. And, and really, at the end of this session, um, it's my hope and my desire to see every one of us to either do something about it. You know, in the marketplace, there are three types of people. Uh, the first type of people is uh, the type of people who says, you know, will we'll, we'll make things happen. And then the second type of people is the type of people who say, who, who watch things happen. And then the third type of people is someone who says, hey, what happened? Huh? Uh, it's the same thing for mission. Missions, there are three types of people as well. The first type of people are the goers. Second type of people are the prayers, warriors. And the third type of people are disobedient people because you really, really understand the theology of the gospel or gospel, there is no reason why we all should not participate in missions one way or another. Amen? Yes? So, so, so really, before I begin, can I quickly uh, pray, a uh, quick prayer, before we begin our hearts uh, to listen to the word of the Lord. Lord, we just want to thank you again this morning. Indeed, you are a great God. You are a wonderful God. You are a God who created this world. And we want to come here and we are gathered here this morning simply to give you glory, simply to say that we love you, simply to say that uh, we want to live a life that you have called us to. Allow us, God, to participate in your work. Allow us to experience you in a great measure. Allow us to participate in your mission that is Christ-centered, that is life-giving, that is kingdom-advancing, that is community-transforming and nation-impacting. Lord, we pray this morning that you would touch our hearts, open up our hearts, help us to understand your heartbeat, help us to understand your passion for the lost. Break our hearts, oh God, what breaks yours. Stir our hearts, what stirs yours. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, um, 15 years ago, I was asked to visit an Orang Asli village. And this was our first Orang Asli village. Uh, and that's my wife uh, teaching the kids. And that was during uh, 31st August, which is a, a holiday for us, a national day. And I decided to say, okay, since it's a holiday, let's go and visit uh, the Orang Asli village. And by the time we reached there, uh, there are a lot of people there, and that's my wife uh, teaching. Um, the baby that she's holding is our 15-year-old today. <laughs> uh, and the, the smaller girl uh, at the bottom was, uh, was my eldest daughter, and now she's 17. Um, that was many years ago. And the first thing that we went there, what we did was we bring along uh, nasi lemak. Uh, you know, all of us know Nasilama, right? So we brought Nasilama, we ate, uh, we went into the first house. And that first house was very welcoming. It's almost like the passage that we read earlier. As we go to a place, and there's a place opposite up their house, and that man of peace in that house offers you drink and coffee, we drink. 
So we went and we sat down and, uh, and, and we had conversations. They have never heard of the name Jesus. Believe it or not. And they are Malaysians. Sometimes we think that, you know, you know by, by now everybody would have heard the name Jesus. But they have not. They have never had uh, 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 an experience and never heard who Jesus was and, or is. Um, and, 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 and we sat down, we ate nasi lemak, they gave us tetare, it was nice meal. And then we went back. Uh, two weeks later, we came back. And then uh, as we uh, get back, from afar, they saw us, and this, na- this man named Ari was so angry. And I, I couldn't understand why he was so angry. He was shouted from, from his house down the hill, and he says, you are terrible man, in Bahasa, yeah? <laughs> uh, 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 he even used the word chelaka, yeah? Uh, so I was asking him, why? What happened? What happened? And he said, the nasi lemak that you brought last two weeks was basi. All my family members got chariot berit. In my mind, oh my God, that's the end of my mission here in this village. <laughs> and, 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 and he says, hey, uh, okay, never mind, I forgive you. Come to my house. After he, he, he gave all his, uh, his, his anger away. We sat down, we ate, and we ate. And this was his house. This was, so to speak, our first church. The man at the bottom was Harim. So this was uh, is what we call a man of peace. And he came and he sat down and he talked. And over the next two years, uh, the people came to know the Lord, but he and his wife, Rosiana, does not want to believe. In other words, he says, I'm not ready. But his house was open. His house for open for other believers to, uh, well, other villages to come in. And one by one came to know the Lord. One by one we got baptized as we minister uh, to them. So they were, uh, so he's not ready. I remember two years down the road, just two years down the road, we were having Christmas, we were enjoying Christmas, and then we were uh, seeing this Jesus movie. And, and, and at the end of the day, uh, he came to me, Abang An, he called me Abang An, huh? uh, 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 Sounds, sounds like I'm old. <laughs> All of us are reasonably senior. Uh, I was saying to my wife, uh, in the old days, we have long hair, but now we long for hair. You know? <laughs> uh, but, but really, I think we all age, but really age is gold. Age is not, gold, it's not old, but age is gold because with all the experience we have. But anyway, um, uh, joke aside, so when we talk to them and, um, uh, uh, and he says, I had a dream. Last night I had a dream. The dream was I was, uh, I was lost in the jungle. And how can Orang Asli lost in the jungle? And in his dream, he got lost in the jungle. And then he met with somebody. And then somebody pointed out to his, to his house. He went and then he got lost again. Second time, he met another man in his dream. And he got lost again. And then towards the end, uh, in his dream, there was a river in front of him. The house was ahead of him. And then there was uh, an image of a cross. Uh, a bridge in the image of a cross was laid down before him and crossed to his home. And he asked me, what does, the, does my dream mean? And I asked him, what do you think? <laughs> I said, yeah, it's, it's time to go home. In other words, he says, it's time for me to receive the Lord. That was a beautiful day for him. And then he was sitting down, I prayed with him, and then we journey together and disciple and teach him to obey what the Lord has commanded as we go along. And that, that, that is a beautiful one. And then he, he then, uh, uh, he then uh, confessed before me, hey, you know the last time, remember when you came back the second time and I asked you to sit down and add, uh, I want to confess before you, I want to balance the dam, he says. You know, as you add, I took the river water and then add with the coffee, add with the tea, and then you guys drank. And two weeks later, you guys came back. You know, had we given up, the gospel would not have been propagated in their lives. So really about this morning, is about us being obedient to the call of God. And many of you will say, hey, you know, Brother An, I'm not a missionary. I'm not even an evangelist. You know, the, f- the day when I stepped in into the village, I could hardly speak Bahasa Malaysia. It's almost chicken speaking to duck, or duck chicken to chicken, whatever you call it. I could not speak Bahasa. The words just could not come out. Written, yes, 
Reading, yes, we understand, but the words could not just come out. But over the years, the Lord will enable that. Even some of us who are not able to speak Bahasa Malaysia, the Lord will enable you. And today, we have many volunteers. Some of the volunteers are Singaporeans who happen to be in KL, and they learn to speak Bahasa also. And today, I, I feel that I preach better in Bahasa Malaysia than English, really. <laughs> See, uh, uh, Daniel, my friend in front of me, will say, yes, I think I preach better in Bahasa today because the Lord will enable us. As we avail ourselves, the Lord will enable us. Speak to your neighbour, the Lord will enable you. Yeah? Say to your neighbour, encourage your neighbour a little bit. <laughs> So over the years, uh, we have grown from one village to another village to another village. Uh, it started in Bentong. We grew uh, to about 25 villages now um, uh, and so on. But the question is, the question is, the question is, can we finish the task of the Great Commission for the Orang Anslis? We are all Malaysians. We are proud to be Malaysians. And we want to see that every ethnic group, that every people group in this land by the way, including the Malays, are represented in heaven one day. At the end of the day, at the end of our life, what do we do? What do we want the Lord really use us for? You know, when we read in Matthew 24, 14, it says that, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. And the passage before that was about persecution. But Matthew 24, 14 is about preaching the gospel to all nations. Nations here means in Greek, ta ethne. You all know that, right? So you all know that, right? So nations is not countries as the way we understand it. Nations here are ta ethne. Ta ethne means a group of people. People group. And among the Orang Aslis, out of this people group, there are 19 people groups altogether in Semenanjung Malaysia. And these are the Orang Asal of Semenanjung Malaysia. We group them as Orang Aslis. But really, they are very different from one another. They speak different languages. Their culture are very different. In fact, when they speak to each other, they tend to speak in Bahasa. Why? Because they, in their own language, they don't understand each other. There are 19 altogether, three major groups, Proto-Malay, Negrito, and Sonoy. But out of this, there are 19 of them are distributed across Menanjong Malaysia. And out of these 19, there are 15 of the 19 are considered the least rich people group. And among the people, there are less than 2% Christians among them. But what I'm saying here is that they will not have people within their community to be able to evangelize to their community unless an outsider, people like you and me, to go into the village. That is what I'm saying. If nobody from external outside world does not go into their community, then they cannot self-evangelize because there are less than 2% Christians among them. And this is what we call as unreached people group, a group of people that has the least rich. And the vision is, you know, for all of us, we are Malaysians. Could it be that with all the technology and the resources and availability that we have, we could, in our lifetime, reach out to every people group in Semenanjung, Malaysia. And this is only for Orang Aslis. What about our Malay friends? What about our Punjabi friends? I mean, these are people group who don't have very limited Christians among them. And if they have very few Christians among them or very few believers among them, then can, they cannot self-evangelize. Now, the only way for them to self-evangelize is when the outside world come and help them through in the process so that they can reach out to their own people. And this is this morning, brothers and sisters, friends. It's a call for all of us. I'm an engineer. I'm graduated as an engineer. I, um, I'm still working. I'm still running my own business. I'm still running IT business. But I really think that it is a time now that the Lord awakened the giants. The giants here are volunteers. Now, don't get me wrong. Pastors and full-timers and missions are my heroes. They gave up the best of their lives 
and dedicate their lives to the Lord. And that we should cheer, we should encourage, we should just do all that. At the same time, I think all of us here this morning, sitting down here and really listening, and we ask God, Lord, is there something that I can do in the area of mission? Because at the heart of it, God is a missional God. And how do we awaken the giants? Very quickly, uh, I, I thought just summarize this in five piece so that we all can come back and we are gone back and then we will just remember something uh, that we could uh, take with us. Amen? Already? Yes? Yeah? Yeah? Uh, all still okay? Good? <laughs> okay, first one. I, 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 I said prayer. Uh, we must provide a platform for volunteers, all of us. Uh, a platform for a great prayer time, a great prayer together. It is about sitting down in a group of people and start interceding, start praying for people, start praying for the lost. Jesus was passionate about the lost. Jesus was passionate about the downs and outs of the society, but Jesus was passionate about the high income earners as well. So Jesus was really passionate about the loss. In fact, the word passion means to endure, or, or in Latin means to suffer. In fact, Jesus demonstrated his passion on the cross. Remember the, word, uh, the, the movie Passion, right? So it's really about the passion of Christ. The passion of Christ is really about suffering to bring the lost back to God. In fact, Jesus was the ultimate volunteer. He volunteered himself to be sacrificed on the cross, died on the cross, raised on the third day, so that all of us can receive salvation, all of us can be saved from the wrath of God, so to speak. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, he said, He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Jesus was asking in verse 1, asking them to go, and yet at the same time, pray. Pray for workers. Then as we gather together, as we gather together for prayer, there are two things that happens during the prayer time. You know, all of us, when we pray together, the first one is we pray the will of God for the people. And the will of God, we know. We don't have to ask. The will of God is for them to know Christ. Matthew 28, 18-19, go and make disciples of all nations. That is the vision that the Lord has given us. The second one is God has given, will, will, the second thing that happens in prayer, that we will give God the opportunity to speak back to us. And that speak back to us is God giving us the opportunity and invite us in His mission. In fact, passion starts with prayer. Prayer instills passion for our people, passion for the lost, passion for the broken world. And I always say to my volunteers, much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power, no prayer, no power. It is the first thing that the Lord asked them to do, even as they go, pray for the harvest. Interestingly, as we go out to the mission field, the Lord say, pray for the workers. And the workers here has got two meanings. One is the workers from the church as we go, the 72 of them. But yet at the same time, the Lord says, raise up the people among the people that we are reaching to. And we pray. In this case, in our case, we have this one man that we first started called Ari. He was the man of peace. And in fact, he was the one that, that, that helped us to navigate through the villages, so to speak. In fact, he is the one that, in our term, evangelizes the rest of the people. Even though he is not a believer yet, but whatever we taught in his house, he will tell them to another people. And that's man of peace. Even though he's not a believer, even though he has not said, okay, I'm ready to be baptized. I've not received Christ as personal Lord and Savior. But she loved the teaching. And he tells everybody else. And everybody else came to know the Lord and be baptized except him. But the Lord has his timing. Amen. All of us go through a different journey of our own. Amen. Yeah. We have our own journey. 
uh, and the Lord knows. And the second point that we... Uh, um, talking about prayer. I, I call it the Lalat story. <laughs> um, this is a man which... Uh, which uh, the second village, it was introduced by Ari. We went into the village. By the time we reached the village, we were chased out by uh, another Muslim in the village. And they called the police and chased us out. Uh, but this man saw what happened. It was in the rain and then invited us in. And then we went in and then we invited and then we were sat down and he ate. And then we continued to, to, uh, to, to speak to him and, and he was so uh, passionate about reading the word. You know, he said, you know, we gave them a Bible, he read the word. And one, one day we were teaching him about how to pray. And he says prayer is very simple. Prayer is about talking to God. It's about uh, converse, having a conversation with God. And then two weeks later, we came back. Um, and, and, and before that, you know, his house was full of, I call it Lalat. That's why I call it the Lalat story. <laughs> you know what's Lalat, by the way? Flies, huh? Yeah. So, 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 so he came and uh, he came. The Lalat was all over the place. And then um, two weeks later, we came. And then we asked, how was your prayer time? He said, my prayer time was good. When I pray, I begin to cry. Why do I cry? Why is the tears begin to flow from my eyes? He said, yeah, that's your conversation with the Lord. The Lord touched your heart. And that's what I said. In fact, in my heart, I would say, hey, maybe he should teach us how to pray. Because he was so earnest in his prayer that, uh, you know, that uh, sometimes, uh, you know, the, it was tears in his eyes. And then he says, you know what I learned? Uh, about prayer. Wow, he's teaching us about prayer. You know what I learned about prayer? By the time uh, we came in and he says, you know, that morning I prayed that, you know, you say you can pray and ask anything. I prayed that the Lalat will go away from my house. In the simple faith, he prayed and guess what? Lalat goes away. Yes, you got it right. Lalat goes away. And then in the afternoon, you know what happened? I got a quarrel with my wife. And guess what? The Lalat came back. <laughs> and he said, for the first time in my life, I have never asked for forgiveness from my wife. And he says, Mungkin Tuhan mengajar saya untuk minta ampun, he says. Maybe the Lord is teaching, us to, teaching me to ask forgiveness. And he asked forgiveness. Hey, guess what happens? Lalat went away. You got it right. The Lord has His ways to teach the orang asli in a very simple manner. We are city folks, huh? Yeah, yeah, we are all city folks. Sometimes we complicate matters too much. And then in the simplicity of faith, the Lord works. Amen? The Lord really works through the simplicity of faith. And then the, 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 the next point that I want to say here is that one is about prayer. Second is about giving you guys or the volunteers a great purpose to serve for. And really, I always say that purpose, you know, you know most of our volunteers will say, hey, you know, uh, Brother Han, what do I do? I, I'm, still, I, I'm still praying. I'm still praying for God to give a purpose for my life. And, and it, usually, I will give them a very simple answer. You know Matthew 28? You say, yeah, that's your purpose. Really, it's about joining God in His work. God says, go and make disciples of all nations. Nations means Taithne. By the way, making disciples of all nations to the 11 disciples at that point in time are non-believers. Think about it. They are Jews. In fact, Samaritans are look at the second-class citizens. And when Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, in their mind, oh, how am I making disciples of all non-believers? They are non-believers. They are non-Jews. They don't even believe in God. But God says, go and make disciples of all nations. And when they believe, baptize them. And then do what? This is what we call discipling. Or Jesus says, teach them to obey everything that I have commanded them to do. It's about obedience. It's not about knowledge. So when we teach the believers, it's about teaching them to obey the word of the Lord. Not about knowing, not about understanding. Yes, understanding is important. But ultimately, the Lord says, teach them to obey. Keyword there is obey. Now, the purpose has been given. 
Now, I always say, I was, I was sharing with Brother Daniel uh, yesterday, I said, true biblical theology drives urgent missiology. It has to be. If we believe that God is great, if we believe that man is lost, if we believe that Christ is necessary, then put together, we urgently need to go. At least we pray for the lost. And this is the call for today, uh, brothers, sisters, is you know, for us to receive the call of God. Now, I know my time is running, 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 running quick. I'm going to ask Brother Daniel to come and share about his journey. Now, he is now full-time with UMC, a church. He was, I think he is, uh, no, he was an architect. He gave up all that he has, really for the mission work among the Orang Aslis and the Orang Aslas. And I'm just going to ask him to, to share. Thank you, An. Anyway, that's my introduction. Uh, that's me and my wife. Uh, we've been married for 15 years now. And uh, this was a picture taken in Perth. And as what our brother An had shared, go. And I'm going to refer to this word of God that says, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it says, by faith. Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Now, when I was uh, growing up as a teenager, I'm actually a Penang boy, uh, and from Penang Wesley, uh, I had that urgency or that heart to to do something for God. And that was never a clear picture that God no, God didn't give me a vision, that God didn't give me an image or anything or a word. And I always ask God, what is it, what is it, what is it? And the only thing that came to me over and over again is go. And I'm now 44 years old. And I started joining uh, the full-time ministry uh, just recently, about a year and a half. And throughout that journey, there was that consistency of God telling me to go. And it was just that, and I always ask, what, what, where, what should I do? And as I obeyed that call to go, try out lah. Sometimes doctor go or Dr. Ma may challenge you, come lah, come, come, let's go. That is the call and, and what Brother Anshad was true. If you have no vision, no mission, actually not true. The mission and the vision has been given to us is to go. You may not know or I may not know where to go, but God will reveal it along the way and that's how I journeyed through my 40 years in my life, although I'm married and I've got uh, one, two, three, plus one more, four kids. Yeah, they are now uh, 14 years. My eldest, uh, 14 years. Uh, second daughter is uh, 11 years old. Third daughter is now seven years old, and my youngest is now five years old. And just to share with you, there is a cost to bear. And that cost can't be, will pale in comparison of Christ who died for us. There's nothing that I've given up that God cannot repay. And I just feel, I won't show you, go through everything because it'll take too long, but I just felt that um, I just want to challenge every parent here uh, that don't worry, release your children. And when they are obedient to God, God will bring forth that providence. Uh, I've got four kids, it's no joke, right? We know how much it takes to put through a kid through 
education. I've been through architecture, uh, slot for eight years in a college and university. I'm sure my, my parents would have been able to buy a nice house uh, at this stage back then. But I'm glad that my dad and my mom released me to go beyond just making nice buildings for people to appreciate. But here, I believe it's about building a nation, uh, building people, building lives that makes an impact for them, for their future. So I just want to challenge parents. Yes, we want the best, but I'm sure God will never shortchange you. And for those who are young in the pro working profession, as we were reading in our uh, call to worship, uh, there were a few things that came to me. One was about not to boast of my good works. So I'm reminded, actually all this is not, wow, oh, I've given up everything for God and blah, blah, blah. No, it's actually God's work and God's purpose in my life and that's the fulfillment that I, I have. Secondly was uh, in the order of worship, in the call to worship, that, that part about being crowded with our life and the, the sentence there was about with our own self-concern. Sometimes as working professionals, families, we've got our children, you know, uh, we love our children. I love my children. I will give my life for them. Uh, but I believe God has given His life for everyone and also for my children. And He will not shortchange my children, in their, be it in their education or their future. And I can say that God, in this one and a half years, has been trying, but God has always provided. So do not be crowded about our life with our self-concern. And the last part, I, I love that prayer uh, by Chofen, where she mentioned about trouble. We are, being, we are troubled, but not troubled about the things that trouble you. Sometimes we are so busy with all our lives that we forget there's a bigger purpose than just our own self or our children or the things around us. And that is the things that matter most to God. So I just want to end with that. I'll just, uh, this is where we go, Rompe. Uh, just a quick one. Uh, these are the people involved in the ministry. It's not a one-man show. And all ages, some of them here, actually that's the place where we stay. It's a hut, just a hut. And the toilet is the green part behind there. So this is a bit hardcore. Lah. And uh, two ladies with us, they are in their 60s. And these are the people that we serve. This is my daughter with one of the uh, ladies. And if you want to see miracles, go. And you will see many miracles. And you will see many transformed lives. That's all. Go. Don't wait. Thank you. Thank you, brother. So, uh, I, it's, it's always a joy to see uh, what he has done. And, and, and really, you know, I, I say this. You know, for us uh, this morning, great people are ordinary people who give themselves to a great cause. We, we, we can. And the Lord is not asking us to be perfect. The Lord is not asking us to be uh, the best there is. The Lord is not asking us to be the best evangelist. The Lord is asking to be the best preacher or whatever. What the Lord is asking is our availability to join Him in His work. He's already started the work. It's for us to join. And how do we join? We can join in prayer. We can join by going. Or we can be disobedient, so to speak. So this morning, um, uh, I just want to draw this to a close. Um, I was asking Florence, how, how usually what time do we finish? We finish about 10.15. So I say, oh dear, 
So I've <laughs> overshot. But really, in reality, I think as we go back, we want to bring with us a couple of things. But I want to quickly go through with you. The first one is about prayer. Second one is about purpose. Third one is about principles that we can serve by. And these principles are foundations. Foundations are really the Word of God. And in fact, Jesus himself says, I am the cornerstone. So Jesus is our firm foundation, so to speak. But the Word of God is what is going to uh, make us last. If we want to build a strong ministry, we need a strong foundation. We want a weak ministry, we, we, we do weak foundation. The Word of God is really primarily the, the most important thing that we have in, in our lives. And, 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 and I'm going to um, uh, uh, continue quickly run uh, to the next key points. Is the, the, the fourth point is about people. We need to serve in teams. We need great people to serve along. We don't go ourselves. We go two by two. In other words, we go in a team. The Lord says in Luke chapter 10, verse 11, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of them in every town and place where he was about to go. It is about teams. In fact, in the Bible, everything is about teams. Whether you call it a cell group, whether you call it church planting team, or whatever you do, do it in teams. And, and what we do in Jubilee Ministry is that we provide teams. Every team goes to different villages. So out of now, we have about 25 villages. We have many teams that goes in and we minister together. In fact, ministering together as a team is, is fun. You know, I was, I was talking to some of our friends, you know, some of them are managing director of a company, some of them are CEOs, some of them are just ordinary teachers and, teachers and so on, great teachers, and some of them are just um, ordinary people like you and me. You know, one of our friends was a CEO. He says, you know, I have a driver. Uh, I go to work. Uh, when I ask my staff to do coffee for me, they will do coffee for me. When I ask my staff to do this, he will do that. I will do this and do this and do that. Everybody will listen to me. But by the time I go to the village, I have to serve them. And not only serve, I have to pujo them to makan. Not only that, I cannot scolding someone. I marah lagi, they kata. And I told them, hey, by the time you join the ministry, you know what you should be? You should be gila. Crazy, G-I-L-A. In Bahasa, golongan ingin lawatan Allah. <laughs> we long to see the visitation of the Lord among the people of Orangaslis. And the last one. Is it okay? Another five more minutes. Um, uh, it says that, uh, Mother Teresa says, I can do things you cannot, you can do things I cannot. Together we can do great things. In a team, we can do great things. Now, uh, lastly, the fifth one is that we must provide a platform for volunteers to have great power to serve with. Power of God. We need power that is greater than ourselves. The first one, we're talking about great prayer time to serve forward. Second one is about great purpose to serve for. Third one is about great principles to serve by, that is the word of God. Fourth one is about great people to serve along. And the fifth one, and the finally, is a great power to serve with. We need great power. In fact, when Jesus says go two by two, he says go and heal the sick, not by our own power, but the power of the Lord. And in Luke chapter 24, 49, uh, you can go back and refer, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then he's talking about the day of Pentecost. He said, wait, wait until you receive the dynamite power. And then as we go, the Lord will enable us, will equip us, empower us, strengthen us, and give us the ability. And I'm going to draw this to a close about power. And this is my personal experience as we go in. And I'm an engineer. Um, At, at, at one point, we were having a meeting. Someone called us, you know, uh, Brother An, I need you to come. Uh, the villagers called me. And that villagers got the number from Ari, the first man, if you remember, in my first story. It was the first man who uh, had, a, had a place in, 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 in Pulau Keri, which is near uh, uh, down. And then they, they called us and they said, please come. My mother 
has been demon-possessed and it was running around asking for blood. And by the time we received, uh, we, we, we arrived, it was about, seven, about 6, 7 p.m. And everybody was in the Batin's house. Batin's house means the, the headman, Penghulu house. Everybody was cramping, sitting. You know why? Because the house is a brick house. The rest of other houses are wooden houses. She will knock, she will tear down, she will try to break down the wall, she will climb up the roof and come around and asking for blood. Everybody was afraid of her. And somehow, um, uh, there was this uh, fear that it came. And I come and I says, you know, at one point, there are four of us holding the door and she budged through. This woman. And you know Pulau Keri. If you've been to Pulau Keri, there are demons worshipping community. There are a thousand names for demons. And all the art and craft that they created are all for demons. So, so, so I went there and I said, oh, oh dear Lord, what am I supposed to do? By the time I arrived, I'm just an ordinary man, an engineer. I'm not even a ghostbuster. <laughs> so I was thinking, uh, when you go to Lubo Antu, uh, not Lubo Hantu. Uh, <laughs> I said, I say, Lord, I, I go, I'm not a ghostbuster. So one day I sat down and I say, okay, let's sit down. By the time I arrived at a house, it was, it was night. It was 7.30, 8pm. It was dark. No electricity, one candle, everything is in a mess. Smelly, really smelly. Uh, because she do all her stuff inside the house as well. And she was lying down and we were praying. And I look around, there were about 20 to 25 people watching us. And the first thing I said, First thing I said to the people there, guys, I'm just an ordinary people. I'm not a bomo, but I am a believer of God who created the heaven and earth. And his name is Jesus. And they have never heard of Jesus. They've never heard of the name Jesus. But they need something, some help. So we came. So we prayed. I remember this very much. Whether you believe it or not, I leave it to you. Uh, but I'm an engineer. Remember, I'm not a ghostbuster. I sat down, I prayed with another friend. We were together, we were praying. And then she says, yeah, I had a pain on my leg and I touched the leg at that point. And everybody was watching me and, and lo and behold, suddenly there was a ball in a form of, almost like a tennis ball, was moving up and down. I was shocked. And I shouted, Ah! Every one of them also shouted, ah, everybody was shocked. I was shocked. Everybody was shocked. Uh, and I said, Lord, what is this? And then I prayed. And then he started to burp air. And I said, the Lord is, will be looking, will, be, will, 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 will look into all this. And I prayed. And, and at the end of the session, I said, that's the end of it. Uh, tomorrow, in faith, I says, dengan iman, I want to believe that she will be healed. One of them came and hold my leg and says, uh, Abang An, please don't go back. If you want to go back, bring her along with you. <laughs> so I'll look at it. You know, my heart says, hey, yeah, because you are so afraid. Then I call my wife. Hey, uh, uh, dear, should I bring this woman back? And say, absolutely not. <laughs> On the, that was a great decision. Because you know why? Because I said, I cannot bring her home. But if all of you are afraid, I said, we can say a prayer. <laughs> and we can say a prayer for someone to protect us. And this man, uh, this, this God is the creator God. And his name is Jesus. So I led them into prayer of acceptance of Christ. I said, if you believe in Jesus, he will protect you. Everybody was fighting into the kingdom of God. <laughs> So to speak, yes, we pray. A simple prayer. Good enough for me. All of us went back. The next day, I came. In the morning, I ran my own business. i reasonably very free and flexible into my time. I came and look, you know, the hit man came rushing to me. You know, Abang An, we have seen the power of God. You know, last night, she was completely healed. This morning, she bathed. Everything was fine. In fact, had I brought her back, they will never see the power of God. And it says, I saw the power of God. And as we go, the Lord will be with us. 
lo and behold, I will be with you in Matthew 28. And everything that we do, the Lord will enable us to do what we cannot do. We need power that is greater than ourselves. And that is Christ and God Himself. Holy Spirit will guide us through the process. And the story has not ended. A few days later, I got a business. I went to Jakarta on the way back in the airport from KLIA. That was about 10 p.m. And then he says, Abangan, please come now at 10 p.m. So dear, no way I can come at 10 p.m. He says, what happened? Yala, my uncle brought her to Bomo and then now she's demon-possessed again. What should we do? And I says, I can't come now. Tomorrow morning I'll come. But in the meantime, I will text you a prayer. So I text her, I text him, Dalam Nama Jesus, you know, I, I take authority over her. And then what she did was she took the text message and then he sat in front, 10 people sat behind and they all read out aloud and prayed for the mother. And guess what? She was delivered and healed. The next morning I came, she was completely okay. And then the, the same headman says, for in my lifetime, I've never seen the power of God. And that's wonderful. And then in my heart, I say, hey God, not bad. We can do e-casting also. <laughs> uh, but the Lord is wonderful. They can see the power of God, not because of us, but the power of God because God is there. God is present there. And all we need to do is to participate in what God is doing. And today, this morning, I just want to encourage each one of us. I know we, uh, some of us uh, may be older in age, some of us are younger. No matter what, I think the Lord is just encouraging us to go. And the Lord just wants us to, 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 to just participate in His work. And let us together awaken the giants. We encourage one another. The giants here is, is, is you and me. Can we participate in what God is doing in missions? If not, at least we pray for them. We pray for the workers. In Revelation 7-9, after this I look, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And one day, every people group will be represented in heaven. And, and wouldn't it be great if we can participate in what God is doing and delivering to God at one unreached people group less for God in our lifetime. And this is something that I would really want to see uh, in, in our lifetime, to see every people group in this nation, in this country, beloved country of Malaysians. I'm proud to be Malaysians. We want to see the Orang Aslis rise up and be represented in heaven one day. Can we pray? Lord, we just want to thank you again. Indeed, you are a great